You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram, or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I'm so excited because like I like we've been talking about all summer, we officially have the drink of the summer and it's my new Housewives Watching Wine available exclusively through Elix. It's one light crisp fizzy rosé with 12.8% alcohol. So we will be getting Liddy City, but less than a gram of sugar because nobody wants to be hungover tomorrow. We want to have all the fun tonight with none of the pain tomorrow. All of these four fun cans... I designed them with my pals at Elix. They're inspired by some of our favorite reality TV housewives moments like Teresa's table flip, um, stealing Kim's goddamn house, the real housewives of Atlanta, who gon' check me boo, and of course, Bethany versus Ramona's mention it all moment. Please, you're going to want to stock up. And I may have a very special Potomac can coming soon. Wink, wink. So stay tuned. You can order now at nofilterwine.com. Just go to nofilterwine.com to order your Housewives Watching Wine. All right, guys, I'm excited. You know I love to dive into like juicy scandals, um, just juicy stories in general. We've been heavily covering the Girardi scandal, which has inspired today's topic, and we're going to be chatting about it in just a bit. And I'm hoping today's guest can help me maybe find some love or at least date someone that isn't still a 40-year-old frat boy with four roommates because let's I'm ready to level up my dating life. We're diving all into the world of sugar dating. Please welcome the founder of SeekingArrangement.com, Brandon Wade. Hello, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling a bit juicy this morning from the way you are describing everything. We're going <laughs> to spill the tea today, Brandon, because you've been in the, your Seeking has been in the news lately. Yes, a lot. Too much, maybe. So, well, it's interesting because I first like really became aware. I had heard of Seeking for a while, but it really peaked my radar a few months ago when I had on Rachel Yucatel. So, mm. and she talked about being on the site and she was like, you need to get on it. And I was like, all right, I'm tired of dating these Starbucks baristas. I need somebody that has a little more ambition and drive in life. So before we dive into the Rachel Yucatel of it all, can you first talk about what Seeking is? Because it's a sugar daddy, sugar baby dating site. But can you please like clarify what the site is and who the site is designed for i think i think if i had to summarize it in one phrase it would be just it's for people to, who want to just date up you know and I, i'm talking about echo sort of like the economic economic sort of social status types types type of dating up so if you're very wealthy or successful that would be sort of people want to achieve that or if you're really beautiful or attractive people want to date that so anybody who wants to date up would come to a website like that. And it's funny you were asking me, who is it built for? Because at the end of the day, it was really built for me. (laughs) Okay, so talk to me about that. So because you currently are in a sugar relationship, correct? Yeah, I would would hesitate to use the term sugar. And I think you're going to cover all that later as well. You're going to talk about why it's so taboo and, and what is the right way to call yourself. 
but but I would say yes. I mean, if I would if I would sort of say sugar dating is a term for people who are dating up, people who want to date somebody of a higher caliber, then the answer is absolutely yes. Um, I take care of my girlfriends. I am very nice to them. I'm a gentleman. So that's all the benefits of dating somebody who is successful. It's so interesting to me because like, I feel like part of the reason so many relationships or just dating is failing is because people are afraid to ask for what they want. People don't know how to be like, you know what, I do want to date somebody that's a little more successful than me. Or I want to date somebody that can like, I know for myself, like I'm an entrepreneur. So I want to date somebody that's been a little more successful in business that can help mentor me a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. all of these dudes on Grindr are on uh, like Tinder and Bumble and Grinder and and all these dating apps they're I mean not that you can't find a nice gem but like a lot of them like really don't know what they want they don't really have any ambition or drive like anybody with a wi-fi connection can just hop onto them and you really don't find any quality guys on a lot of these apps some most of the time I'm yes. still single so clearly it's not working for me on these apps well, I think that was the problem for me back, you know, before I, I launched Seeking. I was I was on the match.coms of the world. And one of the things I realized is, you know, I'm, I'm not that attractive, not in, not in this, the way society needs me to be. So, so I would write hundreds and hundreds of messages and then get very few in return because it's a very superficial game. People are looking at photos and you have to be cute, right, or good looking or, or attractive or handsome in order for you to get those response. Um, and that's when I thought, hey, I remember my mom's advice when I was growing up and shy and dateless and lonely. And she was like, just study hard. One day you'll be successful. And then you have all the choices in the world. So, and I was at that point, like, there's no website where the successful could shine. The successful people could could really be the ones who are hot. So that's really what Seeking.com is about. It's really to help me change my dating game. So Rachel, you could tell who I mentioned was on this show a couple months ago. Most people know her for her connection to Tiger Woods. I think she was in the, the, the Tiger Woods documentary that came out a while back as kind of like her reintroduction into the public. So she had some critiques about the site recently. She was on Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop podcast, and she claimed that you guys weren't paying her as a spokesperson and linked you to another scandal in the news. Can you just explain what went down with Rachel and if she's still working with the brand or not? So let's discuss what actually went down a a week ago. Um, Well, I woke up that morning and I saw the news that she has, she claimed to have sued seeking arrangement and TMZ was having this exclusive coverage about the incident. And and her story was the likes of um, those guys stopped sort of like the contract halfway through and then told me I need to sign an NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement because they have secrets that they want to hide. Um, and so I'm here to tell all about all the secrets and the secrets apparently was that, oh, some congressman who was, you know, had a scandal was on our website according to her, which is not true. And secondly, that um, I guess we we're not paying her But that's also not true. And then the other thing was that we're doing a major rebranding. Yes, that is true. We are in the process of doing a major rebranding. So that that was what went down. So I was like, wow, that's that's really kind of shitty, right? Like you wake up because my lawyer has been trying to talk to her lawyer about trying to get this thing worked out. So let me clarify the facts now. The facts was, number one, she signed the NDA. 
back in February, way before we even hired her. And she provided us the form for the NDA. So to say that she never signed it and we were trying to make her sign it is, is a false sort of narrative. And then the fact that she said, oh, well, we have all these secrets that we're trying to keep. And she was the one who is the whistleblower. Again, that's not true because as a spokesperson, which was what her role was, she was supposed to create content to help spread the news about the website. She doesn't know any of the inner workings of what's happening in the company. So she didn't know anything. Um, so that was what went down. But in hindsight, she was actually a mistake, right? I, I think we saw her in the tabloids one of her friends had exposed that the fact that she was on seeking and um, and it became news. And we thought, hey, she could be a good spokesperson because she's always out there in the media. And we thought she was the underdog. You know, everybody's always attacking her. Maybe right. she's, it's, it's time for her to change and in, in, in a sense represent our brand. But as you can see, nothing has changed. Right. Drama continued to follow her. And 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 there's a reason for that. We found that it was quite difficult to work with her. Um, and also over time, we realized that her image really isn't right for our brand moving forward, because what we really need is somebody who can inspire, um, you know, a, a new generation of younger men and women um, to really date up as opposed to, um, I guess, be involved in scandals like that with Tiger Woods and, and so on. And I guess in hindsight, we were right, because that's exactly what happened. It's interesting that you bring up the NDA, though, because I feel like an NDA is so common for people to sign, especially when entering into a partnership. Like when I have, you know, brand deals or I think even with my wine, with my partners, when we developed the the Rosé brand, we each signed an NDA to kind of be like, you know, we're going to keep a lot of the intellectual property or, you know, some of the inner workings. You know, you want to keep that private just for you don't want somebody to one either share like industry secrets or, you know, certain like it's just kind of coverage and it's kind of like a blanket. I mean, celebrities now make you sign an NDA just to walk into their house if you're coming over to hang out or go to a party because you see how often people get burned by, you know, the person that's willing to kind of talk too much or frame a narrative around something that might not not necessarily be the case. Very true. So NDAs are actually a very, very common thing. I do have a story, though, however, about why you shouldn't sign an NDA mm. under certain circumstances, right? Um, in, in my case, I think back in those days, back in the days of uh, early days of Seeking in 2007, um, a company was looking to acquire Seeking. You know, the name of the company was AshleyMedicine.com. Mm. We, we now know it's the merit dating website and that was hacked. Um, but I signed an NDA with them. It was it was an NDA so that we could explore more information about my my business, right. so they could then make a determination of what price it is and, and to buy it. But a few years later, that that deal didn't happen, and they started infringing on our trademarks. So I had to sue them. But in return, because I'd signed that agreement, they sued me back, and they said, mm. "Well." We got information about their business, even though the purpose of that NDA was for me to share my information with him. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like it's turned around to to really corrupt the fact and and just to get me in court. So it can also be used um, to scare people. Yeah. Um, you know, to to also use it against you, even though you are not the one who's at, at fault. So and, just be careful. Yeah. And so Rachel signed her NDA at the beginning of her partnership with you, not after the fact, like she mentioned on Juicy Scoop. 
Yes, I think what she was mentioning, however, is that we had a letter of intent. And that is that is a way we, we, we sort of wrote a letter and said, hey, these are the terms of the agreement. And, and at the end of the letter of intent, we because we wanted to start the contract soon, we said, hey, we will finalize this consulting or spokesperson agreement, you know, right after we begin. And of course, that never happened. And that was what she was probably referring to is we wanted to get to the agreement, which was the spokesperson agreement that was never, ever signed. So halfway through, we were like, hey, she's difficult to work with and we don't have a consulting agreement or a spokesperson agreement with her. We need to get that done. Otherwise, why do we keep paying her? Right. You know, she's 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 able to get paid to say whatever she wants or represent a brand whatever way she wants without any of the protections for us. And she yeah. was paid. She was paid in full, correct? No, she was paid in full every single month as she was doing her work. But uh, I guess. When we realized, hey, that agreement wasn't actually going to be signed, we kind of told her, hey, it's time to work on that. Got and, it. And so she was paid about half of that agreement. Okay. And but she's fighting for the whole what she was in, what she was originally supposed to get, correct? And that's why she's am, taking you to court. I am really not sure why she filed a lawsuit because we have been asking to be served by the court by her lawyer. And it's been radio silence since then. So I, I, I have a feeling it's a publicity ploy. I have a feeling she may have sold the exclusive story to TMZ, but only TMZ and her knows. Uh, that might be more than whatever $60,000 she claims to be suing us for because it, it costs a lot more to fight a lawsuit than $60,000. So it's never really worth it. And so she's been relieved of her contract and she now has no association with the brand. Yes. In fact, we just got a restraining order here in Nevada that we are serving to her, hopefully over the next uh, day or so, uh, that she should really be quiet because she has no idea what she's saying. Interesting. And so she also linked you guys. She said the reason for her termination was because you were rebranding and she linked you guys to the Matt Gates scandal, which has been in the news for, I mean, it broke, I want to say a few months ago. It's not even a recent scandal, but he's the U.S. representative from Florida and he kind of got into some trouble with his dating issues that she said were related to to seeking. Can you clarify whether or not Gates was part of the of seeking mm -hmm. and like what his connection to your site actually is yeah matt gates uh congressman matt gates has never had an account on our website based on our own sort of information um so that's that's the new news i suppose that came out out of what happened last week is we finally came out and say that that's true because we have to clarify what she said which was untrue um but it is still an active investigation so we don't really comment on that um but a Allegedly, based on at least the news, it was one of his friends who was using the website. And then apparently he ended up uh, dating or being with some of those girls that his friends introduced him to. Okay, so and I listened to Heather McDonald's updated episode on Juicy Scoop where she mentions that there she mentioned on her podcast that there was an article in L that was referencing a young woman that was sex trafficked and mentions seeking I have yet to find the article. When I listened to the interview, I kind of went on Google because I knew you were going to be on the show. And I was like, well, what what is this article? Who's this woman? How is she related to seeking? Um, I wasn't able to find the article. I even kind of just looked certain key terms. I wasn't able to find anything on Elle or anything that had been published recently. So I'm not sure which, what the article actually was. But can you address those claims of sex, traffic, sex trafficking related to the website? 
Yeah, so I've looked for that article too, just like you did when I heard the podcast, and I, I could not find anything. But I've known at least, um, you know, I think I think uh, an instance where somebody had had claimed to be sex trafficked, and I think it turns out to be um, somebody who's in her twenties, um, you know, kind of involved in a relationship where she she said she felt like she couldn't leave the house. Um, I'm not sure what ended up with that situation or with that case, I, I don't think it was actually um, a sex trafficking situation uh, at the end of the day, but, but, but we take it very seriously. I think, um, I think once sort of Craigslist was taken out of the pictures and a lot of the escort dating escort sort of sites have been taken offline. What we have found is that there's an increased sort of focus on sugar dating in general. Um, and that's one of the reasons why a few years ago we started investing a lot in technology to keep those johns and prostitutes and escorts out because the easier you make it for people to find each other in a sense of a prostitution exchange, then the more sex traffickers you're going to attract because that's, right. that, that, then it becomes a venue where you could easily sell the girls or you could easily recruit the girls. And that's not something we want. So technology-wise, we have implemented age verification technology. We use AI to sort of look at people's photos to see how old they are. Um, and, and also to see if children are represented in those photos. Um, we use text moderation as well as, again, artificial in intelligence of contacts on people's text messages to each other or messages exchanged through the website so that we can spot patterns. Either they are misusing the website you know, for prostitution or if they are potentially a sex trafficker. And then, of course, we work with law enforcement to make sure that those people are brought to justice. So we do a lot. In fact, I have a team of over 50 um, staff members in, on the support team whose job really is to keep the, the website clean. So how do you, or why do you think sugar dating is so taboo? I feel like it's it's commonly linked to, like you said, sex trafficking or prostitution. How are you trying to... I guess, distance yourself from those types of, of crimes that are being committed. I mean, as we all know about like Craigslist and how that was kind of a, a forum that people would use for that. Obviously, that wasn't really regulated because anybody could have gone on Craigslist and posted anything. And we see that it ended up being, you know, a place where there was a lot of, you know, alleged crime that was happening even outside of the the like prostitution and sex trafficking worlds just with, you know, sales. It was just it was a bit of a shady site altogether. But how are you guys different? differentiating yourself from sites like Craigslist because you guys have been around for a while. You haven't been removed. And I would assume if there were investigations that were led into looking into prostitution and sex trafficking and you guys are still active, then there must be, you know, all of these barriers and precautions that are checking out. Yeah, I think that's why we're taking a lot more precaution um, for, for those reasons. Um, you were asking a couple of questions here. You was asking, why is it taboo? Well, a lot of reasons why it's taboo, right? The fact that a younger person is dating an older person is quite taboo. In fact, my girlfriend is about 30 years younger than me. And when we walk on the streets, people are always giving us weird looks or just stares, right? Yeah. So it is taboo because um, for some reason, people think it's, it's, it's weird or unacceptable or, or abnormal. Yet it is really not. Um, then there's the other aspect, which is, as you said, you know, why has it gotten such a bad rap nowadays? In fact, two days ago, Google came out and said, hey, we're going to ban all sugar daddy, sugar baby, sugar dating apps off the app store on Google Play. Apple did that about two or three years ago. 
um, for the same reason, because those companies have started to equate sugar with prostitution. And that's not true. That's not what Seeking.com is about. Seeking is really a dating website for people to want to date up. So the need to distance ourselves from that becomes even more uh, apparent and more urgent. Um, and this had happened over the past 10 years. First of all, the prostitutes, the people in the adult industry realized, my God, you know, Brandon Wade is doing something right because there's so much press about sugar babies. And, and let's blur the lines, right? Let's call ourselves sugar babies so that we can also tap into this wealth, this market of wealthy guys. Um, so they started to corrupt the terms in a sense, you know, because it became more gray. And then over time, TikTok became very popular. So that Instagram and, and the likes and people started posting all types of videos, um, you know, teaching each other how to scam rich men or how to how to get a get a beautiful girl to sleep with you without 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 anything right without giving up anything, um, and and so those kinds of videos started to gain popularity. And before long, we were kicking lots of people out, right? And they ended up on Twitter tweeting all these people about you know sugar daddies and sugar babies. Are you looking for a sugar relationship? I can provide you thousands of dollars a month and those kinds of stuff. So things are beginning to get out of our control, right? Because Pop culture has a way of just taking things and running with it on their own terms. And, and so it, it started getting also a bad reputation on social media. And, and then today, what we have is a group of, you know, different types of nonprofit organizations, specifically the ones who are sort of dealing with in, in those areas of telling people what they should or should not do, should or should not date, right? And then they are saying, oh, wow, this is akin to prostitution. Um, and then publishing sometimes very misleading and false um, information or narrative. So we have to just separate ourselves more and more from that. Um, one thing your readers, uh, your listeners may or may not know is I've known of a couple of situations where, you know, if somebody was trying to enter the U.S. and if they see that you are in somehow a sugar app or something, you could actually get in trouble. I mean, you could be banned from entering the country. I think there was another situation where uh, a guy was trying to enter from Canada and there was a grinder app. And because he was seeing an older guy or whatever the reasons were, the customer officers sort of branded him as a prostitute and then kicked him out. Mm. And he was banned from entering the country for the next 10 years. So that's, that's a hefty price to pay for calling yourself a sugar daddy or sugar baby, you know, without really understanding the social context of those words. And for, for, for a lot of reasons, we are not that anymore, right? We are not what people relate those terms to anymore. We are actually the better version of that, the, the sort of good sugar daddy, not the bad sugar daddy. But right. having to tell the world, hey, there's a good sugar daddy and bad sugar daddy or a good sugar baby and a bad sugar baby, it's just too confusing. So one thing that you touched on, which I know is would be one of my intentions of, you know, pursuing somebody that is a little more affluent is kind of like dating up. But what about yeah. the, like the sugar daddy? Are they, I mean, is it still considering dating up for them if they're dating somebody that's a little younger that they're going to be providing for or giving them, you know, access to a more luxurious lifestyle? That's where I said dating up comes in many ways, right? If you feel like it's improving your lifestyle or your happiness, 
you know, if, for example, as a teenage boy, you feel that all the beautiful girls never want to give you attention. So that's something that you desire, right? And then now you, you have a chance to date up because you could set a higher standard and say, hey, I do want to date somebody that I feel is more attractive to me because I deserve that. And, I, and in that sense, I'm dating up. So dating up com comes in many different ways. If a girl um, is just tired of dating somebody who doesn't, say, treat her well, um, for example, you're in a relationship which is mentally or physically abusive, you just want a guy who's going to treat you better. That's dating up, isn't yeah. it? I mean, your situation, if you yeah. do that, if you, if you change your, your, your sort of relationship to one that's supportive, that's dating up. What about people that say that, or for critics that will paint that as superficial because you're dating someone for their money or you're dating someone for their youth? Um, I will say every journey in life might first start off superficially, but eventually it, it sort of people learn huge lessons from them. So a girl who is, has a lack of luxury or wealth or even money might desire that because she lacks that. Much like when I was younger, I lacked sort of the, this concept of like needing to date girls because nobody was giving me attention. So I lack attention and I'm craving for that. Right. So when you lack that, go chase it, go chase it, because you're going to realize in that moment of chase that you're going to learn a lot of lessons about that lack, either that money is not going to fulfill you. And that's the reason a lot of uh, Hugh Havner's playmates, while they were willing to date him, a lot of them, in fact, most of them end up leaving you know, him and marrying a guy and being monogamous they realize at the end of the day that it's not that fame they were looking after that makes them happy or it's not, you know, that sort of luxurious lifestyle that makes them happy. It is, you know, love. So I would say whatever the lack is, whatever the superficial thing that you're going after, go for it, but learn from it and, and, and you know, find out what actually means um, happiness to you. I mean, I don't think there's any shame in being like, I want to date somebody that, is hot or I want to date somebody that is successful. Cause like, I think of it from my own perspective of like, I work really hard and I am very proud of the money that I make and everything that I like, I didn't come from anything. So I worked hard to get where I am today that like, I want somebody that can help me continue to grow and to help me to, you know, continue to build my business and can give me access to things I didn't have access to before. And I don't think there's any shame in saying that that's not my only priority, but I don't think there's any shame in saying, hey, I want somebody that is, you know, a few notches above me. And if they're willing to date me for that, then, you know, what's the shame in being able to, to own that? It may not I work agree. for everybody, I but I mean, I think we should be more honest about what it is that we're looking for in relationships. Yeah, if you want to move up, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and that's the way the way I would want to say it is people with successful mindset just likes to hang out with other people with successful mindset. Yeah. You're just going to pull each other further up and you're all going to be more successful at the end of the day. Exactly. And that's not to say that my only priority is to date somebody that's successful or to date somebody that's wealthy or, you know, very entrepreneurial. Obviously, there's a plethora of other qualities that I admire that aren't, you know, physical or, you know, monetary. Those things will also come into factor as well. You know, you want to get somebody that is a full package that can meet you on your level and that can help that you can see yourself having a future with. Absolutely. I think that that is, that is key. 
And in the process, you know, if you're dating the wrong person, well, figure that out quickly. Yeah. You know, because if it, if it is meant to be, it's meant to be quite effortless. So is the site predominantly for male feel, female dating or is it all inclusive to include oh, people? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, talk to me about that. It's all inclusive. And I, I know, you know, the LGBT community, um, uh, you know, has been huge with, with seeking um, in the early days, you know, they, they sort of grabbed onto the concept and I would actually credit seeking's initial growth with really the acceptance from that community. Yeah. And, and, uh, and even today, I think it makes up roughly about eight to 9% of the website in terms of traffic. It's, it's, it's representative of obviously, you know, the society in, in general. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful to, to the community for that. Yeah, I think it's, especially in the gay community, it's really common to see these types of relationships. I mean, I even know for me, like I tend to be attracted to some older guys that, t- that are typically a little bit older than me. Um, definitely. T- I want somebody that can put me in my place, Brandon. I want somebody that can, that can tame me a little bit. I tend to be a bit of a wild card, not like in bed, but like just in general, like I have a big personality and in, in case you couldn't tell. Um, no, but that's good. I think, so you, you're saying that the LGBTQ plus community is continuing to grow within the site. Do you think yes. that that's more because there feels they feel like maybe there's an acceptance on the site, whereas there is, you know, all of these social norms that kind of judge those sugar dating relationships? I think I think just the more open mindedness. Yeah. Right. I think the website just attracts people who are able to think outside the box and who are not sort of. Yeah, stuck in in that sort of taboo state uh, where people are, you know, form one view versus the other because seeking is just like a, a knife, you know, you could use it for good and bad. So it's whatever you create. Yeah, I think the at least the gay community or my experience in it is I feel like I it's probably more acceptable in the gay community because you have to very quickly own who you are as you're growing up and discovering who you are and realizing that there is a lot of rejection for the world. So you kind of have to create your own safe space, kind of accept the person that you are and slowly begin to embrace that. And that's why I think you find a lot of flamboyance in the gay community is because it's about ownership of just owning who you are and being proud of who you are and being unapologetic about that and being unapologetic about the ambitions of going for what you want. If there's one thing the LGBTQ community can teach the rest of us in society, it's exactly that, right? How to accept yourself for who you are, how not to be ashamed of it anymore, how to just be proud and loud about it, because it really doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So as you know, my show is very pop culture, reality TV based. And I think we've seen a lot of examples of sugar babies on many of these reality shows. I think a clear example is Lala Kent and Randall Emmett um, Mm. from Vanderpump Rules. Whether or not they identify with like the terms of sugar daddy and sugar baby, like the reality is, 
you know, he's older, he's wealthy, he's an affluent producer. She was a younger actress, very beautiful reality star on TV. And she's openly talked about how, you know, in dating him, he did like to flaunt his money and he paid for her rent. He bought her cars. He flies around on his private jet. But as we saw on the show, they seem to have had an interesting power dynamic, at least at the beginning of their relationship, which we saw in Vanderpump Rules. How can you find a healthy dynamic, which eventually they did and she talks about it in her book and I had her come on my show kind of just about talking about owning who you are and what you want um but how do you find a healthy dynamic in a relationship when it seems like the sugar daddy has more of the power because they're the ones with the money in the relationship Mm -hmm. I would say power comes in different forms right I think even even in 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 the case of a younger beautiful woman she has she has all these guys who are constantly trying to court her. So we all have powers in our own different ways. And so in, in that sense, you know, use the power dynamic so, so that it's it's sort of equalized in, in, in a slightly sort of different dimension kind of a way, right? He's wealthy and has more power from an influence perspective, but you're beautiful and, you know, lots of guys want you. So balance that. And, and make it an equal relationship. And the way to make it an equal relationship is, you know, when, when you start realizing that you guys just vibe really well, you contribute to his life and he contributes to your life in, in exactly, this, you know, in, in an equal way. Um, and when that happens, you realize you've, you've got a hit, right? Um, in the case of Randall and Lola, I, I would say, um, you know, he's definitely, Randall's definitely a sugar daddy, no doubt about that. Yeah. Even even though under the rebrand, I wouldn't call him a, a, a sugar daddy anymore, yeah. I would say. He's just a successful gentleman. <laughs> yeah, which I mean is really what it is. Like you don't have to say Randall is a sugar daddy and Lala is a, a sugar baby. Like they're just, you know, I mean, I guess that's the sugaring is the term we we've used now. But I mean, they seem to have found a relationship that works for them. They're, you know, she, her career is continuing to build. They're getting married soon. They have a baby together. I mean, if they, my thing is, it's like if something, it may not work for everybody, but if something works for a couple, then who are we to judge that or knock that or, you know, whatever. You, you know, where I, where I sort of read their story and, and the part where I sort of realized that maybe they were meant to be was, I think, I think she, Lala had said that after the first date that they went up with, uh, you know, they went on. Um, and I, I guess she, they spent the night together. The next day, he bought her a Range Rover. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's a big gesture, right? I mean, yeah. I think you have to be very sure to, to do that. When I met my girlfriend in September of last year uh, on Seeking, and we, we sort of hit it off, within two months, I bought a house in Orlando. So, so it's kind of like that, right? When you know, you kind of know. So maybe the next time you go on a date and the next day, uh, the guy buys you something huge and extravagant that he normally would not do under any normal circumstances, then you know perhaps there's something more there. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so Erica Jane, who's in the news a lot lately from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, also essentially fell in love with a powerful, wealthy, older attorney here in Los Angeles. And now we've kind of seen that blow up in the news. Um, and she's kind of getting dragged into this massive embezzlement fraud scandal. How do sugar babies in a position like Erica's protect themselves from getting burned by their fi- their partner's financial woes? Like, is it inappropriate to ask about a financial situation? Or if the relationship progresses, is it standard to have a little bit more of that open line of communication? 
It, it is very tough. For Erica Jane, that's all I will say. It's really tough. But I think, I think you know, in, in her situation, she, she was just bragging a lot about her wealth, right? Yeah. I mean, I think she's out there flaunting it. Yeah. Um, so, so clearly that, that defines her self-worth a lot. And I, I think that perhaps she's really judged very critically because of that. I think yeah. society has a way of sort of turning things around on you. But, but the situation that she's involved with reminds me of a girl I used to date. And she was, she was, she actually met someone on, um, uh, in, in LA, not on Seeking actually. And, and uh, they ended up being married. And, and she was telling me at that time um, that he was a billionaire. Come to find out six, seven months into the marriage, he was actually one of the largest Ponzi scheme um, guys out of the Netherlands. And he had to suddenly leave the country. And, um, and what she found out overnight was shocking. She found out that the house wasn't actually his. You know, it was actually rented and he was being yeah. evicted. The Bentley that he was driving was actually leased. That was not his as well. So it, it is really quite difficult. So the only advice I would give to, to girls is, you know, try not to jump into a marriage too quickly. Really try to understand someone, learn about them and, and really know who they are before you do that. And in my situation, I've been married and divorced three times. So marriage isn't really in my cards, you know, in, in the future. So there's, there are other ways you could protect yourself, right? You could use an agreement um, between two people in, instead of sort of marrying and, and sort of like confounding your, your finances. Luckily for my ex, um, she was only in that marriage for six to seven months. He, she had nothing to do with what he was up to. So even though she was kind of dragged into it in yeah. the news, it was fine. She was able to actually get get the uh, get the marriage annulled. So lucky for her. Oh, that's good. But perhaps don't focus so much on the money. Focus instead on the person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think at the end of the day, you want to find love and and that. If if somebody wealthy uh, turns you on, by all means, go after somebody who's wealthy. But focus still on love because that is that is the key part. I agree. What advice do you have Erica to Erica now that she's single? Do you think that she should hop on seeking to find herself someone to help her pay for that glam squad? Well, what's a, what's a financial situation? I, <laughs> I'm sure she's still making tons of money that uh, that she could pay for her own glam squad. Normally, I'm, I'm, you know, for a woman her age, I, I would suggest coming on seeking and finding a sugar baby. You know, ah, like yeah, somebody younger who's who's uh, you know who's, who doesn't have all that complication. Um, and, and financial woes associated with your lives. I think it'll be a simpler, more drama-free life, but perhaps drama is what she wants. You think her days of sugar, of, of looking for a sugar daddy are done, and now it's time to, to focus on maybe a sugar baby. Yeah, somebody younger, somebody more fun, somebody who's not going to, you know, get her sucked into more financial yeah. sort of woes. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I feel like that situation is just so messy and complicated. And I mean, they were married for 20 years, so we don't know the dynamics or the ins and outs of their relationship that it's, you know, but I agree with you. I think her, her, like her social media presence and flaunting her wealth is ultimately what's turning the public against her. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think if there were a little more humility, she maybe would garner a lot more support because people would be empathetic to the situation that she's going through in her divorce that she's now having to play out on camera. Yes, it's probably not even her fault. It's her, her husband's fault, you know, yeah. for all that woes. So, 
what do you think it takes to create a successful match on the dating side? If I'm going to go on right now and look for my look for a sugar daddy for myself, how can I better find a relationship? You know, is it by being more candid about what I want in the relationship or how can I successfully date, you know, someone that is more successful than me? So first, firstly, you need to ask yourself, what is it you truly want um, in a relationship? What lessons have you learned in the process? What you don't really want to repeat and and write that down. I think uh, a good profile um, will attract, you know, the right people. Um, Whatever you put out there is what you what you find. So if you're looking for something more meaningful, write that down. If you're looking for something that's just more of a fling, write that down as well. And then, so that's step one, just knowing yourself and then writing a good profile. Then secondly, um, filter. That's what I always tell people because you will get quite a bit of responses and filtering is the key because not everyone is the right match. And if you're focused on the wrong reasons, you might end up choosing the wrong person. Mm. Mm -hmm. What would you say are like the three biggest lessons you've learned personally from your experience with sugar dating? Mm. It was, uh, it's been a sort of almost like a spiritual journey for me, right? Every single relationship has been a lesson. Um, so it, it's hard to be generous when you come from a family where your parents have worked so much, so hard. And so even learning how to live that lifestyle of being a successful person, um, and spending money or tipping more is really a mindset that the site has helped me sort of over the years um, gain. So it's sort of a, a strange way, but I've learned how to be more generous uh, being on being a sugar daddy over, over the years. And I've also learned over time what's really important to me. Um, I was really attracted to, you know, the superficial things. And now I'm looking for more deep connections, things that make sense. Yeah. And then finally, I think... That's one of these realizations that I, I don't know if people will believe me, but I think I think the universe tends to work on your side, and and if uh, if you're ready to find that true love, you will find it. You will find it. It'll come in in the most unexpected moment from the most unexpected place. And people forget that you attract what you put out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the energy that you're exuding, you know, if you're coming at it from a place of greed, then you're only going to come across somebody else that also comes at it with that same selfish energy. And then you're just going into a relationship with hostility. But I think if you're coming into it genuinely looking for love in any sort of situation, not just with sugar dating, but just dating in general, when you lead with your best foot forward, you're only likely to attract that in return. Exactly. So the energy part makes makes a lot of sense. I think people don't understand that as well. You are really the average of the five people you hang up mm-hmm. with the most, right? So because like energy attracts like energy. If you're optimistic, you're going to surround yourself with optimistic people. Um, so I, I'm asking people to really reflect on who you spend your time, five of those people that you spend most of your time with, because that is really a reflection of your vibe or your energy. And if you want to up your game, you want to be happier, you want to be more successful, it's time to change that up. Sure. Start dating people who are more of that vibe. That's right. What do you hope to accomplish with Seeking? Like, where do you see the site going moving forward? I think it's just that. I think if I had to define um, a vibe for Seeking, it is an optimistic vibe. It is a successful vibe. It is, it is a vibe of constantly being motivated and powered, wanting to move up. And, um, and really, you know, not 
worrying, not caring about what other people have to say um, because you know who you are and you are just happy being who you are. So embracing all those vibes, turning it into something where I'm encouraging people to always um, look at improving their lives, looking at dating up, you know, vibrating at a better, higher frequency. That's really where I want seeking to end up going. So if the rebranding can, can achieve something that is to really take all the negative taboos and sort of like push it aside and come up with new ways of defining what this generation of successful minded people should be like. I agree. I'm with you, Brandon. I am right there with you. Where can people go to learn more about seeking and follow this journey of love? I would say seeking.com, the website. They could uh, go to the website. I I, uh, expect the website to change uh, very soon with new content and certainly with sort of me adding more of my input. You know, for example, if you go to the page about our story, um, it'll talk about really how this website came about and the journey through time of how it's evolving as well. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Brandon, for chatting with me today about this taboo world of sugar dating that really doesn't need to be taboo because I think Mm -hmm. if more people came into their dating life or just all aspects of their life with more intention and that unapologetic pride and um, you know just embracing of who you are and what you want in life then I think so many more people will be more successful and more fulfilled in their life. Yes. Thank you, Zach, for having me. And the, the key word is intention. You have yes. to, to jump into this journey of life with the right intention. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. Be sure to follow the show at No Filter with Zach and get ready. There are lots more great guests to be coming up later this summer or whatever's left of summer because it's already over and I can't believe we're already going into fall. It's making my head spin. But stay tuned. Join our private Facebook group. Link is in the description below. Order some No Filter wine because you're going to want to get Liddy City this weekend and get ready. Lots more tea to be spilled. All right, guys, I will talk to you later. I'm going to pick Brandon's brain a little bit more because I'm ready to find myself a really good match. And I think Brandon's going to help me find it. All right, guys, I will talk to you next week. Bye.